I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And good morning. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. Turn with me in your Bible to Mark chapter 14. We look at verses 10 and 11 as we study the great pretender. Mark chapter 14, verse 10. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Our text today deals with a man named Judas Iscariot. He is without a doubt the most notorious and most vilified of all the disciples. His name appears last in every list of the disciples except in Acts chapter 1 where his name does not appear at all. Every time his name is mentioned in the Bible, the Word of God reminds us that he is a traitor who betrayed Jesus to his death. Judas was a failure as a disciple. He was exposed to the same teaching the others heard. He saw the same miracles and was involved in the same ministries. Yet Judas never came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Judas spent three years with the Lord Jesus, and he died lost. The others were converted during their time with the Lord. Judas only became spiritually hard, calloused, and hateful. The other 11 disciples were used of God in amazing ways. Their lives demonstrated the truth that common, ordinary people can be used of the Lord in extraordinary ways. Judas, on the other hand, stands in stark warning about the dangers of wasted opportunities, hardness of heart, wicked lust, and spiritual carelessness. While Judas was a failure of a disciple, he was the most successful hypocrite of all time. He played his part so well that no one but Jesus himself knew that Judas was a fraud and a pretender. He was as common and as ordinary as the rest of the disciples. He was so ordinary that he never stood out from the rest. He hid behind the camouflage of hypocrisy, and no one but Jesus ever realized it. This passage reveals Judas as he hatches his plot to betray the Son of God into the hands of his enemies. We're going to take the opportunity this text offers us to get to know Judas Iscariot just a bit better. And we need to hear and heed the lessons that come from the life of this tragic character. Judas and his life teach us two basic truths. Number one, it is possible to be near Jesus and to associate with him closely 
and still be hardened in sin. Secondly, Judas is a clear reminder that the purposes of God stand sure. No matter what anyone may do, they will never thwart the plan of Almighty God. God always accomplishes what he determines to do. And with those thoughts in mind, we want to study a bit more about Judas Iscariot being the great pretender. Over the course of this series, I want you to see that Judas and his personality, Judas and his privileges, Judas and his problem, Judas and his plan, and Judas and his punishment. Now we look in verse 10 and we see Judas and his personality. Judas and his personality. We really don't know a lot about Judas from the biblical record. He is mentioned 20 times in the gospel, twice in the book of Acts. He speaks on just two occasions. He's an enigma. He's a mystery. Yet from what the Bible does say about him, we can learn a few important truths about this man and his life. We know that his name is Judas. It is the Greek rendering of the Old Testament name Judah. Judah was the son of Jacob and the father of the largest and most dominant of all the tribes of Israel. The name has two possible meanings. It means either Jehovah leads or whom Jehovah praises. The name suggests that his parents had hope for his future. Most likely, they were a deeply religious family who hoped that he would be led by God, that his life would bring praise to the name of the Lord. Little did they know that their own son would only be led by and bring praise to the devil. Now, Judas stands as living proof that having a godly heritage is not enough to save the soul. There must be a conscious turning from sin to embrace the gospel message by faith. There must be a life-changing, soul-saving encounter with Jesus Christ. His surname was Iscariot. The name tells us something about where Judas came from. The word Iscariot derived from the Hebrew ish, means man. Kerioth refers to the town of Kerioth. Thus, Judas is called the man of Kerioth. Kerioth was a humble farming town located 23 miles south of Jerusalem. John chapter 6 and verse 71, we are also told that his father's name was Simon. Simon was a very common name in that time period. Nothing more is known of his family. Judas was a common man from a common family in a common town in Judea. Since he was from Judea, Judas was the only one of the twelve not from Galilee. The rest of the disciples were from the northern part of the nation. And many of them knew each other. Some were brothers. Others were co-workers and friends before they came to know Jesus. Being the only real stranger in the group meant that Judas would have been somewhat isolated from the other disciples. Uh, 
they would not have known about his family or his background. And it's also true the, the people from the southern regions of Israel often felt superior to the people from the north. Now, these facts enabled Judas to keep a low profile and helped him camouflage his hypocrisy. While there's no evidence that the other men excluded Judas, he may have felt like an outsider. And thoughts of that nature may have helped him justify his treason against Jesus and his thievery from the rest of the disciples. We do know that Judas worked his way into a place of trust. The other disciples chose him to be the treasurer for the group. But Judas used that position to steal from the bag, according to John 12 and verse 6. That verse tells us that Judas bare what was put therein. The word bear in that verse means to take away, to pilfer. Judas was a thief. He was an embezzler. This is made crystal clear in the word of God. It's interesting to note that in every list that names the disciples, Judas Iscariot is always named last. This would illustrate the wide gulf that separated Judas from the Lord Jesus. Uh, he was isolated from the rest of the disciples because of his background. He was also separated from them spiritually. He was the only unbeliever in the crowd. This is a clear reminder that you never know the true condition of the hearts of those people who are around you. The other disciples never did figure out that Judas was a traitor until after he had betrayed the Lord Jesus. They always assumed that he was one of them. Perhaps even Judas believed this as well. Either way, it reminds us that the heart is very deceptive according to Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. It also challenges us to be sure that we are in a saving relationship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also go from Judas and his personality to Judas and his privileges. A study of the life of Judas reveals that he enjoyed many of the same privileges of the Lord's genuine disciples. A few of them are mentioned in Mark's record of the choosing of the 12 disciples by the Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Mark chapter 3 and verse 13 details how he was called. There's no question that Judas was chosen by Christ. He was chosen by him to fulfill a divine plan. There are three distinct Old Testament prophecies here that we need to consider. Psalm 41 in verse 9 says, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. In John chapter 13 in verse 18, Jesus said that this prophecy would be fulfilled in his betrayal. Psalm 55 verses 12 through 14 says, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, my guide, mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. This passage also speaks of the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. 
Then we have Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 and 13. Well, the Bible says, And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price. And if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. The Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter. A goodly price that I was prized out of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. That passage was also fulfilled when Jesus was betrayed in Matthew 27, verses 9 and 10. Jesus makes it crystal clear that when he chose Judas, he knew who he was and what he would do, according to John 6 and verse 70. Everything Judas did was part of the eternal plan of redemption ordained by God before the foundation of the world. It is clear from the gospel record that Judas was chosen to damnation and not to salvation. Now, immediately, the Bible students specifically of today Notice the tension here between divine sovereignty and human responsibility. There is no debating the fact that Jesus Christ was foreordained to suffer for sin. Revelation 13 and verse 8. There is no doubt that Judas Iscariot was to help in the betraying of the Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 14 in verse 21. While Judas was born to fulfill the ancient prophecies related to the betrayal of Christ, he was not forced to do anything against his will. He was chosen by God to be the one to betray the Lord Jesus. But Judas betrayed Jesus because he had the desire to betray Jesus. So while Judas was chosen by God for the role he fulfilled in betraying Christ, he fulfilled that role willingly. And some would say, is it fair for God to condemn Judas for doing the Lord's will? Well, that's the same argument Paul both anticipated and answered in Romans chapter 9, verses 19 through 24. Where the Bible reads, Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Judas was not condemned because he betrayed Jesus. 
Judas was condemned long before that because he was a lost sinner, according to John 3, verse 18, and John 3 and verse 36. This immediately begs the question, could Judas have been saved? The answer is yes. Had he turned to Christ by faith, he would have been saved. He had every opportunity. The parables of the unjust servant, the man without a wedding garment, the ten virgins were all designed to speak to Judas and turn him from his evil plans. However, the Lord knew before he chose Judas that Judas would betray him into the hands of his enemies. So while Judas could have been saved, it was never a real possibility for him. Mark chapter 3 and verse 13, we see how he came. When Jesus called Judas, he willingly followed the Lord. He was following Jesus because he believed Jesus would defeat Rome and liberate Israel. He was not following a savior. He was following a man. He didn't see the savior from sin. He saw a revolutionary. In verse 14 of Mark 3, we see how he was consecrated. Judas was ordained by Jesus. The word has the meaning, the idea of training. Jesus took the twelve and made them ready for the mission. And he was about to send them to accomplish. He was set apart for a special purpose. Also in Mark chapter 3 and verse 14, we see how he was connected. Like the other disciples, Judas was chosen to be with him. Imagine that. Every day, Judas and the other disciples witnessed the character and the compassion of Christ. They heard his words and they saw his works. Every single day was the display of the grace of God for Judas and for the remainder of the twelve. Every miracle, every parable, every message, every single act of compassion was designed by Jesus to reveal his identity to his men. Eleven of them got the message. Judas never did. Jesus tried to touch the heart of Judas in many ways, on many occasions, but Judas hardened his heart against every attempt the Lord made to reach him. Some people have a hard time with the idea that Judas could have lived with Jesus for over three years and still not believe in Christ. Yet we see the same thing happening around us all the time. People sit in church for a lifetime under the word of God, under the preaching of the gospel, under the prayers of God's people, and the clear evidence of his saving power in the lives of those people around him. And still some of those people die in their sins and go to hell. It is a real tragedy. Do not let it happen to you. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14, we see him commissioned. Judas was sent out to serve alongside the rest of the disciples. He had the same credentials, the same appointment they had. 
He was working for Jesus just like the others. And in Mark chapter 3 and verse 15, we see how he was confirmed. Judas and the remainder of the disciples were empowered to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. And as they went about the country, their preaching was attended by the manifest power of God. The lame walked, the blind saw, the deaf, they heard, and so on. People who were bound in their sins were brought to faith in Christ by the preaching of the twelve. Even Judas preached with power, worked the miracles, delivered the demon-possessed, and saw many people saved. In other words, Judas could not be distinguished from the others in his work for the Lord. And that, my friend, is a sobering thought. Judas was a tear among the wheat, and no one but Jesus knew it. I'm not even sure that Judas knew it at times. For all we know, he was so caught up in the work of serving Christ and seeing the fruit of all the work that he may have convinced himself that everything was all right between him and the Lord. Jesus tells us that many will face God in that condition on Judgment Day. Matthew chapter 7, and verses 21 through 23. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 reads, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have, I, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done so many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What a place to bring to a close this message. Next time we will look at Judas and see his problem. And we will see his penalty. And we will see his punishment. Friend, I hope that you're not like Judas. You're so close to Jesus, you could touch him. But you're so far away. And you will go to a devil's hell because you never really, truly came to him to follow him, to love him, and to ask forgiveness to become one of his children. I pray that that's not you. And I pray that you'd come to Christ before that day is forever too late and not be a great pretender as Judas. <laughs>